0: Ginny searched impatiently through the index of yet another book, praying that no one would come home from the snouts fair early. She needed time to work, and she wanted to be alone. There was no point in telling anybody what she was doing. They'd only think she'd gone mad. Tonight, she had waited until Hermione had taken Harry out of the house to go and see Ron, then thrown herself into the books with more fervor than she'd ever had in school. Now she sat on the floor of her room, at the foot of Hermione's overstuffed bookcase, surrounded by texts that hadn't helped her at all. Nowhere could she find the recipe she needed, and the longer it took, the more her stomach hurt. She skimmed down the list of W topics with her index finger, and was once again disappointed. She groaned aloud and rubbed her temples. "'Are you all right?' came a concerned voice from behind her. Ginny turned to see Remus in the doorway. She snapped the book shut guiltily. "'Fine,' she answered, feeling her head pound harder, just looking for... something. "'Anything I can help you with?' "'No,' she answered quickly. Too quickly, perhaps, given the way that Remus was eyeing her now. He lifted an eyebrow and looked as Hermione had, when Jinny had told her that she was just getting ready for the school year. He looked as though he didn't quite believe her she winced and pressed two fingers to her right temple. It was so strange that she didn't quite believe it, but recently, every time Remus came close to her, she felt a strange pull in her stomach, in her blood. She had wondered, at first, what was causing it, but as it had grown stronger over the past few days, it had occurred to Jinny that she was feeling the approach of the full moon. Though why she could feel it, she had no idea she didn't even know if she was right she only knew that she was obsessed all right he said slowly looking from Jinny's eyes to the mess of books around her on the floor he opened his mouth as if to say something about them then shut it and shook his head i'm going to bed you can wake me if you need anything there's a very good headache powder in the pantry behind the herbs Jinny made herself smile no i'm fine good night remus He nodded, glanced at the books again, and went away down the hall. The second she heard his door click shut at the end of the corridor, Ginny yanked another heavy volume from Hermione's bottom shelf. She was getting desperate. There were only a few books left, and then she'd have to raid Remus's own library. She wasn't quite sure if she wanted to risk that. He'd let them know that many of the old books in his personal study had been his father's, and that if Hermione in particular wanted to page through them, he'd prefer to be told so that he could put bookbinding spells on them to keep them from falling apart. Ginny flipped open the Top Ten Thousand Spells and Recipes, 1997 edition, and started muttering to herself as she scanned down the W section. Come on, be in here! Let one of these bloody books be useful, Hermione! Be in here! Be in here! Be... YES! she had yelled quite loudly. Ginny clapped her hand over her mouth and looked at the door, listening for Remus or Sirius. But it seemed they had slept through her cry of success. Softly, as if extreme quiet now would make up for her vocal blunder, she put her finger on the words she wanted and read to herself in a rush, Wolf's Bane Potion, possibly the most complex and most oft-failed potion on current magical record. Wolf's Bane Potion is also one of the most important in that it renders the otherwise dangerous werewolf docile on the night of the full moon. Because of its possible lethal potency, and its extreme fallibility, it is unlawful for the magical court publishers to list its recipe. The recipe is available only in professional Mediwizard texts, and in the new book of highly complicated and very likely lethal potions which is made available only to licensed apothecaries and registered werewolves." Ginny groaned again, anxiously. She shut the book and slid it back into place on the shelf, feeling her stomach churn. She had to get her hands on that book of lethal potions. She was going to have to check in Remus's things. She sneaked quietly down the stairs and into the dark library, making her way to the back of the study where Remus kept his oldest volumes. Normally, she wouldn't have dug into someone else's things without permission, but there was something happening in her body and mind that she couldn't quite grip. It felt like magic, but it wasn't the same as magic. It wasn't wan magic, anyway. This energy was compulsive. It seemed to dictate actions on its own, and Jinny felt she had to follow it. If she didn't follow it, she felt sick, headachy and nauseated. She wasn't sure exactly what to make of it, but she was almost positive that she could trace it to the day that Remus had given a strange look to the dead seeds in her hand. LUMOS She ran the thin beam of wand light over the spines of the books, feeling very much as if she were a first year invading the Hogwarts restricted sections in the middle of the night. She almost expected Madame Pince to come and grip her by the shoulder at any second, but she forgot her tension when her light illuminated an oddly shaped book which was buried, on its side behind a row of thick, dusty, leather-bound publications. Ginny carefully removed these, then worked the hidden book out of its tight position at the back of the bookcase and directed her wand-light at the title. Wow! she breathed. The new book of highly complicated and very likely lethal potions was very tall, very slender, and bound in a strange silvery cloth. It reminded her of Remus himself. Ginny quickly replaced the book she'd removed from in front of it, then opened the silver volume in the crook of her arm and flipped it to the appropriate page, checking over her shoulder every few seconds to assure herself that she was in private. And then, convinced that it was quiet, Ginny turned her attention to the recipe she'd been trying to get her hands on all day. Quickly she read the title of the page. Wolf's Bane Potion. To be attempted by Mediwizards and licensed apothecaries only. "'Do you want more light?' Ginny gasped, jumped, and whirled around, holding the book behind her with one hand and her wand out in front of her with the other. Though her hand trembled with a rush of startled adrenaline, the beam of her wand illuminated a pair of familiar glasses just outside the doorway. "'Oh, Harry, it's you!' Ginny managed, still gasping, only minimally relieved that it wasn't Remus. She didn't want to be caught by anyone just now. She needed to work, and in private.' Yeah, Harry stayed just outside the door, but he drew his wand and lit one of the lamps in the library. Ginny winced in the light and backed up a step, protective of her secret. I don't need the light, she said quickly. I was just picking out something to read myself to sleep with. Harry didn't seem to notice that she was nervous. He looked rather nervous himself. He hesitated, then stepped into the library. Couldn't sleep? he asked. His voice sounded a little odd. Ginny shook her head, wishing, for the first time in her life, that Harry would just go away. She hadn't been able to talk to him since he'd come home from Azkaban, and though she wanted him to approach her ever since that night, he'd chosen the wrong time. He took another step toward her, frowning slightly at her elbow. He pointed to it. What's that? What? Ginny tightened her grip on the book and stepped back against Remus's desk. "'Whatever you're hiding behind your back,' Harry answered shrewdly, "'looking less nervous now, and more curious. "'He moved left and tried to look around her. "'It's nothing. Knox. Ginny dropped her wand on the desk "'and began to untie her dressing-gown with her free hand. "'There was nothing else for it. "'She didn't want to be caught with this book. "'She didn't want to explain what she was on about. "'She only wanted to get upstairs and get back to the potion recipe. "'Her head throbbed, and she squinted her eyes.' She tugged her dressing gown open. Harry watched what her hand was doing. His mouth opened slightly, then seemed to remember himself and looked up at her face. Ginny knew she was blushing, but she continued on, working her arm out of the dressing gown until it fell by her side. She spun around, yanked her other arm from its sleeve, wrapped the dressing gown quickly around the book of potions, and then turned back to Harry, hugging the odd package to her chest. He stared at her. That's some highly classified bedtime reading. Harry looked as if he were fighting not to laugh. Yes, well, good night. Jinny grabbed up her wand, hefted the book closer to her, and tried to walk around Harry on the right. He stepped to the side and blocked her, peering at the wrapped book as if he'd been able to see through the dressing gown and read the title. Jinny looked down and realized that one silvery corner was sticking up, and she tucked it in immediately. "'Night,' she said breathlessly, and moved to get around him on the left. Harry laughed this time, and blocked her a second time. "'I've been in training,' he reminded her, stepping deftly to the right as she tried to dodge around him again. Jinny stopped and looked straight at him. They were very close, so close that she could feel his chest brushed against her bare arms, which were crossed over the book. He was half grinning at her, looking as if he were enjoying teasing her, and Jinny made a noise of frustrated panic, on one hand she had to get upstairs her stomach ached and she wanted nothing more to be working on this potion regardless of whether it was going to be a futile attempt on the other hand it was harry please let me go she blurted i have to work on this or i'll just feel sick his smile vanished he stepped back at once the playfulness gone from his demeanor instead he looked worried and hurt uh okay he said awkwardly "'Sounding self-conscious again, as he had when he'd first entered the library, "'he broke eye contact with her and moved out of her way, his face red. "'Jenny breathed a sigh of relief and went quickly out of the library and toward the stairs. "'She was halfway up them when a feeling, very like the nausea she had been feeling in her stomach, "'suddenly touched her heart. "'He had looked hurt. "'He'd only been curious about her.' and she had always so much wanted him to be curious about her that it suddenly felt stupid to leave him in the dark. She'd felt, for years, that she was in love with Harry. Shouldn't she try to confide in him, if that was really true?" She turned around swiftly, ready to go back and find him, and drew a sharp breath of surprise to find that he was already there waiting at the bottom of the stairs. Sorry, he mumbled, avoiding her eyes, not trying to sneak up. Where are Ron and Hermione? Ginny interrupted, looking over his shoulder toward the corridor. Harry looked at her oddly. Uh, they're still at the pub. When are they coming back? Hermione said she'd be staying until it closes. Two hours, Ginny mused, searching Harry's eyes for a long moment. He stood there and watched her, looking both uneasy and intrigued. Okay, Harry, she finally said, screwing up her courage. Come with me. She turned and led the way unhesitatingly into the girl's bedroom. She waited until Harry had followed her inside, then locked the door with her wand and turned to face him. His eyes were wide, and he didn't seem to know quite what to do with his hands. He shoved them into his pockets. "'Hermione will kill you for letting one of us in here,' he mumbled, after a moment, looking at his shoes uncertainly. Ginny ignored this. "'Harry Potter,' she said warningly. If you breathe one word of what I'm about to tell you, then I will make you suffer. Promise me you'll keep it a secret." Harry's jaw dropped. Promise now, or leave. Ginny pointed to the door. I promise, Harry said hastily, I promise. Can I see the book? Ginny nodded, satisfied, and handed it over. Harry untangled it from the dressing-gown, which he held between two fingers and placed gingerly on the nearest chair, then returned his attention to the cover his eyebrows shot up very likely lethal what did you need this for Ginny told him she told him about the dead seeds about the strange feelings she'd been having how she felt she'd been walking into walls in the air around Remus how she could feel the full moon coming on and didn't know why she told him how her stomach and head had been aching and confessed that she only felt better when she was working on compiling the wolfsbane potion She told him of her visit to the village apothecaries, and how she'd been wandering through Remus's garden in the woods, looking for the things they'd always used in potions class at school. She threw open her trunk and pulled out a wooden box filled with corked vials, bundles of herbs, and bags of powder, all guesses she'd made of what ingredients she'd need to collect for the recipe. She talked for what felt like an hour, and Harry listened, raptly attentive have you asked remus about any of this he asked when she finally took a breath no i'm afraid he'll tell me not to try it and i have to try it i know i'm insane i know snape was the only wizard around here that could do it right otherwise why would remus go so far north to a special apothecary to get the potion every month does he harry looked shocked yes and i know the potion will never work if i brew it but it would make things so much easier on him if he could just stay here and transform i wish i was good enough at things like this but it doesn't matter if it works or not i can't stop working on it harry didn't answer for a moment he pushed his glasses up on his nose why won't it work if you brew it he asked simply Ginny blinked surprised at both the question and the confidence it implied i'm only seventeen i got average marks and potions she answered unsteadily and i got average marks and charms harry said dryly jenny had never heard him refer even abstractedly to what he had accomplished with expecto Sacrificum. but he was looking at her now as if to say that if he could defeat voldemort with a charm then she could make a successful wolfsbane potion her throat grew dry and her heart pounded he was right i can try to help harry offered quickly looking down at the book in his hand "'not that I was much with potions, either. "'He pulled his wand. "accio" he said sharply, drawing parchment, quill, and ink, "'onto one spot on Ginny's desk, "'displacing a disgruntled crookshanks from that surface "'where he had been napping. "'Harry laid the book down, "'opened it to the page of the Wolfsbane recipe, "'and charmed the quill to copy down the page. "'What next?' he said, when he was done. "'How far have you got with everything else?' "'To be honest, I haven't even read that recipe yet.' Together, they perused the list of necessary items, collecting the ones that Ginny had already acquired and piling them up in one place. Harry ran downstairs at one point and came back, floating an enormous iron cauldron in front of him. Hermione's going to notice that in here, Ginny said dubiously. We'll put everything you're using in it, stick it in your closet, and make it invisible, Harry replied. That way you can have it all in one spot when you go to start working. Where are you going to brew it? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. Where did you use to brew your illegal things? Harry laughed. The girl's bathroom. Myrtle's toilet. And to think, I never thought I'd miss Myrtle, Jenny replied, laughing as well. She grew quite serious after a moment, though. I don't know, Harry. It takes a full week to prepare Wolfsbane Potion. I'm going to have to tell Remus and get permission, so that I can do it properly, on the fire. He'll never let me. He'll let you. But it's so advanced. He will, I'm telling you. He's like that. He's the one who taught me my Patronus when I was thirteen. I never knew that. He taught you? Yeah. I was in his office one day asking him to do it, actually, and Snape came in with a goblet full of this stuff. Harry gestured to the cauldron as if it already held simmering wolfsbane potion. At the time, I thought Snape was trying to poison him to get the dark arts position. Ginny snickered and handed Harry a packet of moonstone powder and the vial of Wolfsbane. I wouldn't have put it past Snape back then, she agreed, watching Harry settle the ingredients carefully in amongst the other items in the cauldron. Although, nasty or not, I'm sorry he's gone, she ventured. I never imagined I could miss Snape, but I do. It's odd, thinking of Hogwarts ever starting up again without him. Harry straightened up and caught her eyes. Unreal, isn't it? he said quietly. It was the closest they had ever come to having an honest exchange about the war, and Jinny was smart enough to leave well enough alone. She nodded, then touched her finger to the recipe and frowned. "'Boiled brain of sheep,' she read aloud, to be entirely intact when added to your cauldron. Not only is that disgusting, but I don't know how to properly boil a brain so that it stays intact. We never did that in class.' You'd have learned it seventh year, Harry said, and Hermione can do it better than anyone. Just ask her, when the time comes, and she'll be happy to show you. Oh, I'm sure she will. They grinned knowingly at each other. So, what do we still need? Harry walked over to stand beside her and peered down at the recipe, dragging a finger down the page. A half pint of wolf's blood, shredded human skin, Harry and Ginny shuddered together, and scales from the middle head of a rune-spoor. I don't know where you're going to get any of that. They have the wolf's blood at the apothecary here. Jinny mused. I'll get it the day I need it, so it's not spoiled. I guess I'll have to talk to Charlie tomorrow. What? Send him to Nocturne Alley to pick up the rest. He's up at Azkaban, so you might want to ask Bill instead. Azkaban? Jinny asked suddenly, anxious. What are you talking about? He was up there two days ago with Moody. Harry explained. He's the one that woke me up after I brought back the Dementor. Something about using dragons to guard the island. He says they have the right energy. Ginny snorted. Him and his dragons. I swear. We'll have a dragon taking over the ministry for Dad any day now. But she grew quickly sober and sighed, thinking of the ingredients that were lost to her. I can forget it. Bill's nearly as bad as Percy was when it comes to me. He'll never send me any of that stuff. What do you mean? He thinks I'm five years old, and if I ask him for shredded skin of a human, he'll tell me to stick to something less dangerous. I'd have been better off asking Percy, honestly. At least he went to school with me for a bit and knew I wasn't still in nappies. What if I asked Bill? Jinny turned slightly toward Harry and studied his profile. Would you do that? She asked in surprise. You wouldn't mind? He'd send you anything you asked for. I'll do it first thing, when I get back from practice tomorrow." Jinny looked at him, wondering how something so simple could make her so happy. "'Thank you,' she said softly. Harry didn't say anything. He removed his finger from the list of ingredients and dropped his hand to his side. A moment later Jinny felt his fingers fumble for hers until he was holding her hand. They stood there together, Jinny barely breathing staring down at the Wolfsbane recipe as though it was the most mesmerizing thing in the world. Her heart hammered frantically, and she wondered what came next. What he would do. What it meant between them, now. This was deliberate. This was sure. He cared for her. Alohomora! Ginny and Harry gasped simultaneously, unclasped their hands, and turned to see Hermione standing in the door, her wand halfway raised she was staring at them, apparently rendered speechless. She stood frozen with her mouth hanging open, gaping into the room. Harry reacted first. He strode to the door and blocked it. You can't come in here, he said staunchly, putting his palms flat on either side of the door frame. Excuse me? Hermione challenged, trying to push under his arm. This is my room! Not right now, Harry said, cutting her off before she could get past. In a minute, Ginny snapped into action, knowing that Harry could only buy so much time. Frantically, she stuffed the new book of highly complicated and very likely lethal potions under her covers, then dashed back to the giant cauldron. She quickly floated it to sit on the floor between her wall and the bed, not wanting to move it across the room and into Hermione's line of sight. But she still had to make it invisible. Harry, she hissed, I can't remember the charm to make it, you know... Make it what?! "'Hermione demanded so loudly that Ginny and Harry said, "'Shh!' "'Ron's head appeared in the door. "'He looked easily over Harry's head and into the room. "'What have you got there, Gin? Something secret?' "'Ginny leapt in front of the cauldron and glared at him. "'Get out, Ron,' she called hotly. Crookshanks jumped on the bed and yowled helpfully in his direction as well. "'This isn't your business. "'And shut up, everybody. You're going to wake Remus and Sirius.' now give me one second in private to clean up my things." Ron smiled tauntingly at her, making no move to leave. He shrugged lazily, looking from Jinny to Harry and back again, and raised a meaningful eyebrow. Oh, take your time, he said, grinning. No rush. We'll just switch for a bit. Hermione? No, Ron, honestly, I want to see what she's... But Ron had already dragged Hermione out of view, and somehow effectively silenced her. A moment later, Jenny heard the door to the boys' room slam shut. Suddenly the room felt very quiet, and suddenly Jenny was aware that it was, indeed, a bedroom, and that she was in it with Harry, who had just been holding her hand. She also became conscious of the breeze from the open window, which played on the skin of her arms and throat. She was wearing nothing but her night-dress. In the midst of discussing the potion, nothing like that had mattered but when Harry turned away from the door and came back into the room again, Jinny felt exposed and very unsure of herself. He seemed to be thinking the same things. His eyes flickered to her nightdress and then instantly away to the wall. He made a funny, throat-clearing noise. Jinny reached for the dressing-gown on her chair and put it on quickly, feeling hot all over. I should clean up, she said, faintly, and began to roll up the parchment that now held the recipe. She bound it and put it in the cauldron with the other things. Harry seemed determined to help as well, as if keeping occupied would keep embarrassment at bay. He gathered up all of the vials and bags which weren't going to be useful, put them back in their box, and replaced it in the trunk. "'Those two were in a better mood than I expected,' he said abruptly, after several silent minutes. "'Oh, were they in a fight?' Jinny asked immediately, wanting to sound normal and talk easily, the way they'd been doing before. "'No,' Harry flew the cauldron into the closet and charmed it quickly, rendering it invisible. Malfoy dropped by the snout sphere. Ginny gaped at him. What? Why didn't you tell me that? I forgot all about it. Oh, said Ginny, flattered by that statement. Well, what did he do? The usual routine. Insulted Hermione, insulted me, insulted Ron. And lived to see another day? Ginny said doubtfully. Has he gone mad, or was he just drunk? No, he had a big friend with him. Jenny made a noise of disgust. What a coward, honestly. His whole life is just going to be a misery. I can't even get angry at him anymore, not even for what the Death Eaters did to Percy. I want to hate him, but I just can't. I know, Harry sighed and pushed back his hair, revealing his scar for a brief second before his fringe fell over it again. Jenny involuntarily stopped what she was doing to look at it looks as if we're going to see more of him, though. He's trying out for the Falcons, and I think he's bought his way right onto the team. He did not, Jenny breathed. He's not playing for Falmouth. Tell me that's not true. Wish it wasn't. Oh, I could just... Jinny clenched her fists, then threw back her covers with a vengeance and snatched up the potions but from underneath them. He can't even play. Not like a professional. Not like you. Harry turned red. "'Well, it's true,' Jenny said, too irritated to care what she was saying. "'You've never bought your way on to anything. "'You've practiced just like everybody else has.' She trailed off, realizing for the first time that Harry was still in his practices, and that it was nearly one o'clock in the morning. "'Harry, you have to be at the pitch in four and a half hours!' she exclaimed. "'Although I don't see why you have to go tomorrow, since it's Saturday.' "'I have to go both days this weekend, to make up for the time I missed,' Harry answered ruefully. "'That hardly seems right, does it?' Jenny asked, crossing her arms over the book and thinking that Oliver Wood could stand to calm down a little bit, where Quidditch was concerned. "'Oliver's just trying to be fair to everyone else,' Harry said. "'I'll be fine. I used to play on no sleep all the time.' He moved to the door and glanced warily down the hall, as if unwilling to go to his own room, where he would risk interrupting Ron and Hermione. "'Want me to... break them up?' Jenny asked awkwardly thinking it was so strange to stand so close to Harry and think about what Ron and Hermione might be doing in the next room. No, no. I'll sleep on the couch. Harry, really. It's fine. He pulled Remus's potions book out of Ginny's arms. Here. I'll put this back. Are you sure? You have to put it sideways behind the leather books, on the third shelf down by the desk. Maybe I should do it. She reached for the book, but Harry shook his head and held on to it. I'll go and figure it out." But he didn't go anywhere. Instead, he stood and looked at her for a long moment. He swallowed so hard that she could see his Adam's apple bob in his throat. He took an audible breath. And then, to Ginny's great surprise, Harry leaned forward and very carefully kissed her cheek. She shut her eyes and breathed in, smelling soap and grass, feeling the frame of his glasses touch her face as his mouth brushed her skin. She put out a hand for balance and touched her fingertips to his arm, but it was over before it even began. Harry's nose softly scraped her cheekbone as he pulled away, leaving a trail of electrified skin. "'Night, Jenny," he said hoarsely, and disappeared down the stairs without looking back. Jenny stood in the doorway for a full five minutes, unable to grasp what had just happened. All of it. Harry had been here, with her, helping her talking with her as if they'd always been companions, giving her confidence, protecting her secrets, holding her hand, kissing her cheek. Dazedly she made her way to her bed, put out the lights, and lay down on her back. She stared up at the ceiling, lost in thought. Harry had left a mark on her skin, where his lips had touched her. Her head and stomach aches were gone, perhaps because she had made so much progress on the potion, Her fingers remembered the deliberate grip of Harry's hand. Next week she would go to Remus and ask for his permission to continue making the Wolfsbane potion. Harry believed she was capable of it. Crookshanks purred deeply from the corner, and Ginny understood the cat's sound of contentment. Feeling strangely as if Harry was lying there beside her, instead of sleeping downstairs on the couch, Ginny turned on her side, hugged her pillow, and quickly dropped off to sleep.